With Hashem Salt, we're learning Saita Daf Mem Vav. We left off on Daf Mem Hey Yomit Beis, 18 lines from the bottom. We finished the first Mishnah in the Amit on Daf Mem Hey Yomit Beis. And now the Gemara continues to address that which we learned in the Mishnah. The Mishnah began with the halacha that if you find a, <coughs> a, a halal, a murdered person, exactly in between two cities, so both of the cities go through the entire procedure of the Egla Rufa, says the Gemara, my Tamad Rabbi Eliezer. And as we spoke out yesterday, Rabbi Eliezer's opinion is based on two principles. Principle number one is that Kosovar Etzel As we spoke out, there's a Machlik, is in Bukhaydez, Tanoim. Rabbi Eliezer holds that the measurement that a human being is able to make is halachically considered a perfect measurement. And when we, through our measurements, discover that a corpse is exactly in between two cities, or there is exactly the same distance between the corpse and city A and the same to city B, halachically we accept that this is taka how it is. And when the Torah speaks about the closest city in the singular, the Torah did not mean to exclude, not exclude two cities. We allow to include even Kroivoy's two cities, and therefore both cities have to bring. What would be the other options? As we said, the kids said yesterday, option number one is, is that EF Shalot Samson, and therefore we conclude that even though to us it appears equally distant, really one is the closer one and one is not. And being that we have a doubt, then one version of Shitas Chachamim would be that both cities together by one Egla Rufa, they both participate in the procedure, each one doing it all tonight. And the other option is, is that the Chachamim also hold Efshelet Samsem, but you can say that Kreva is not Kreva's, and therefore neither of them have to bring. Then the Mishnah said, meaning, it's not that the Egla is not brought, that we don't take into account the city of Yerushalayim, and we continue to measure to the nearest cities, why is that? Says the Gemara of the Amakra In the parsha of Egla Rufa, the Torah throws out the words, the land that you inherited. And Vikosavar, our Tana holds, Yerushalayim, that Yerushalayim was not divided amongst the tribes, that Yerushalayim belongs to all of the Shiftei Yisrael. Really, we learned this together in the Sechtas Yuma. There are two opinions. One opinion holds that Yerushalayim, to begin with, was not divided amongst the tribes. Interestingly, in the Sechta Saita beforehand, a few days ago, we learned that uh, the Beis Hamikdash, the Makim Kodesh Hakadoshim, is in the Chelik of Binyamin, the Chelik of Yehuda, in merit of both of theirs, like we spoke out the Toysvis. So we learned in Yuma another opinion that even if Yerushalayim was divided, after David HaMelech conquered Yerushalayim, after David HaMelech liberated Yerushalayim, and we, and we began to build the Beis Hamikdash, the original owners of the city gave up their ownership to all of the Jewish people. So right now, it belongs to the entire Klal Yisrael. Then the Mishnah continues, Nimtza Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Kiva, if the head and the body are not together, which one should be brought near the other? Asks the Gemara Rabbi Michael Mifligi, what is their argument? If the argument is simply, we need to know from where do we begin measuring? whether it is from the nose, whether it is from the navel, and if the head and the body are not in the same place, let's say you have to measure from the navel. But if you hold that the body has to be brought near the head, so you are moving it for that reason. First, to get the body or the head in the right place, and now you have the correct point to begin measuring. 
Says the Gemara, that cannot be. Why? Because since it says in the safe of the Mishnah, may I and Hoyimoyedin, and then the Mishnah br- brings out the Machlekes head or navel. If this argument of does the head go near the body or the body near the head is in order to clarify the din of measuring, then the Mishnah in the right order first should have asked, Ma'ayin Hoyimoyedin, and later should have then asked, what happens if the body is not in the same place? And you have to begin from the navel, you have to begin from the nose. How do you know where the nose is? But the Mishnah did not order it that way. The Mishnah addressed the joining of the body before it addressed Ma'ayin Hoyimoyedin, which proves, Michlal Deresha, Loibimedidaskinen. It's not relevant yet, it's independent of. Obviously, now that we know there's a din of Medida, so this will also be affected by how do you put the body back together? But the Seder of the Mishnah implies that the joining of the body is independent of the dinam of measurement. So explains Rabbi Yitzchak that b'meis mitzvah kana There is a din that if you have an unattended corpse, people don't know who the family members are yet, the din there will be that the place where this corpse is found, that is the place that this person will be buried. He, so to say, acquires his own place. So you have to know exactly what is the place that he acquired or that she acquired. And we want to bury the person. And the din is, you bury them exactly where they were found. The and on this the mission is addressing if the body was not found together. So either Rabbi Yezer holds Melichan Harish Eitzel Haguf, Rabbi Yezer. Rabbi Kiva says that the body is brought next to the head, and the Michael Mifligi explains the Gemara. Very interesting. We'll learn the Gemara the following: that Mace Mitzvah Kana Mekayimai, meaning the place where they died, the place where they died. Question is, where did that happen? Here you have a person whose head, God forbid, was severed, was cut off. So there's a question as how to ascertain where that happened. And as many Mepharshim speak out, especially today with new technologies, if looking at the body as you found it, you can walk back and exactly figure out where the person's head was cut off, that is the Mekoimai that you bury the mace. But when you cannot extrapolate it, so there's two different theories, there's two different possibilities. That if a person's head is cut off, the body stops. In other words, the body is in the place where the murder happened. The reason why the head was not together was because the Reisha did not even nuffle, because the head rolled away. However, the other way of looking at it is that the Reisha hecha the nuffle nuffle, that if God forbid, if someone's head is cut off, the head falls in the spot where that severance happened, and the body that was running away keeps on running for another step or two without a head. So the body has to be brought back to the head. Again, according to many of the Mepharshim in the Gemara, if you can prove from the way the body was found exactly how and where the person was murdered, then you won't have a machlaikas tanoim. The concept is that in the place where the head and the body were disconnected, that is the place where they have to be rejoined. And we're speaking again about the concept of galus, that there's a head. Ultimately, God is our head and we're the body. And you know the famous argument between Hashem and the Jewish people, that we are shouting, that you come back to us, the head should come back to the body, and then we'll do tshuva. Hashem is telling us, you come back to me, and then, and that's the machlekes here in the Mishnah. 
Vaita. Then the Mishnah asked, when you start measuring from a corpse, severed or not, what is the point of measuring? From where? So again, Machlaik is between Abeliezer and Abakiva, from the nose or from the navel. But Michael Mifligi, what's their argument? Mar, Sovar, Iker, Chayusa, Ba'ape, that one's life is from one's nostrils, from breathing, from the ear, from the Ruach. Umar, Sovar, Iker, Chayusa, Mitabure, that your main life comes from your food, which is represented by the navel. And Leiba, Kahani, Tanoi, and perhaps suggests the Gemara, this argument is really contingent and equal to. Another Machlaik is Tanoi regarding from where does a fetus begin to form? So one opinion holds that it starts from the head. And this is like as it says in the Pasik, that from my mother's womb, you pulled me out. And since it says in another Pasik that pull out your hair. And and throw it away. So we see from this pasuk that the words goizi refers to the head. So back in the first verse, mime goizi means that I began in my mother's womb, growing from my head. Abishol holds mitiburai that the person begins growing from their navel, and then umeshalach shadashoi elach It's as if the navel or the core, the center, begins throwing its roots in all directions. And therefore, the question here, do you measure from the nose or from the navel is, from where are we formed? Says the Gemara, it's not necessarily connected. Because even according to Abba Shaul, Hutaka says, the way we understand today, that the fetus is formed from their navel. Perhaps that argument is only regarding how are we formed. That the chimitzdar v'lod, Abba Shaul says that when a child is being formed, He's being formed from his core, from his center, from the navel. However, but as far as what is one's principles, life force, maybe he also will hold that that it's contingent on the nose, on the breathing, as it says in the Pasuk, So when the Torah is speaking about the breath of life, the spirit of life, it speaks about one's nostrils, one's breathing track. So here you have those two opinions, as, as we spoke out yesterday. Maybe, uh, maybe, perhaps, do we look at our source? We get our life from something spiritual that is represented by the Ruach? Or do we look at, my life is for a purpose, and my purpose is to elevate the world, and my contact with the world is the food that I eat? So do I look at that as my main point of party? Rabbi Yezid ben Yaakov says, Mimokim shenasa cholol mitzavari. And again, there are different ways of learning this Tana. Just to clarify, you're saying that this is not the way we're saying the not saying the other way, correct. No, there's... Well, I can, I can argue the other way. We can argue the other way, that even if everyone holds that you're formed from your navel, you're formed physically from your navel. But what gives you life? What do we need more, food or ear? Ear. You can live uh, how long without food and how long without air. I mean, you can look at it both ways. Now, when Abeliezer ben Yaakov is saying that you measure not from the navel, not from the nose, but from the neck, my Tamad that Abeliezer ben Yaakov, because he brings a Pasuk where it says, right, to place your necks with the necks of the corpses of the wicked. So we refer to corpses in relation to the neck, almost as if to say that that is where, from where people are killed from. So again, there's a big machlekes. Is... 
Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov saying that regardless how the person was murdered, as long as it was at, aligned with the brais that we learned before, that it has to be with a sharp metal instrument, we always measure from the neck. Other people learned that Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov is saying that when is there the din of Egla Rufa, not only, it's only when a person was murdered with a metal instrument, it's only if a person was murdered with a metal instrument to one's neck. And if the person, God forbid, was murdered with a metal instrument, but to another vital organ, then there's no din of Egla Rufa. And therefore, whenever you measure, you have to measure from the neck. Let's go on. Okay, so the Mishnah now is continuing more on the procedure of the Egla Rufa. So first we spoke out, they found the person that was murdered. When we don't know who killed, that's a key point, because when you know who the murderer is, none of this is done. We don't know who did it. So now we had, we spoke about this, the Sanhedrin came, members of the Sanhedrin came, right? We had the three opinions in yesterday's year, and now they decided which city is the closest city. So once that city was determined, they're not needed. The Sanhedrin is not needed. They are, you know, they dismiss themselves. They can go back, and they go back. And now, let's interpret the word zikne, meaning the dayanim, right? The judges, this is only done in a city that has at least a small Sanhedrin. So judges of that city, they bring an eglas bakar, they bring a young female calf. There is a machloik as tanoyim, whether the egla arufa has to be within the first year of life. That's Rabbi Eliezer. Chachamim say that it has to be under two or within two years of its life. But even according to the Chachamim, you can only use a young calf. There is an upper limit on the age. And as it says in the Pasuk, it has to be a calf that never dragged, never slept, never pulled a yoke. However, the Ein Hamum So we have limits, but if the animal is blemished, a blemish is not going to restrict this calf of being used, unlike when it comes to karbonis, for example, an animal that's going to be offered on the Mizbeach is, is, is disqualified. I think that Abba enumerates 60 detailed blemishes. Blemishes don't disqualify the calf. However, according to many Paiskim, if the calf is missing a leg or a foot, or if there's another defect that makes it treifa, that's already not good. But we're more lenient as far as the standard of kachim blemishes are concerned. And the calf is taken down to Nachal Eson. Let's just speak this out one time. Machleikas Rashi Rambam, what Nachal Eson means. So we're going to learn the whole time Kishitas Rashi. But just to review, Rashi holds Nachal Eson. Nachal means a valley. And Eson means hard, the way it appears from the Gemara. So it's brought down to a valley that is hard, meaning that the soil was never used before. At least we'll speak more about that in a moment. And it will never be allowed to be used again. The Rambam teaches Nachal Eson, that Nachal means a river. And Eson means a river that is flowing with might. And according to the Rambam, this is done on the banks of the river, both according to Rashi and according to the Rambam, it's being done in a place where there is no other vegetation, uh, tree life existing. So it's either very hard soil or on the banks of a river, nothing grows. You can't plant things there. So let's go with Rashi. So you bring it to this valley that has hard earth, and it says the Mishnah Eson, Kimashma'oi, meaning it's kasha, it's hard land. And Afal Pisha'ena Eson, however, even if the land is not very hard, kasha, it's good, 
one of the many cases where we find the concept of lechatchila even in a midoiraisa. In other words, the Torah says nachal eison. Eison is not essential. Eison is uh, preferable. And now v'oifin oisa bekoipetz malchorel, you you chop off the head of the calf with a koifetz with a cleaver. A cleaver is a very big, you know, knife. And you do it from the back of its neck. And now says the Mishnah, and that area, from now on, you'll never be allowed to plant things there, or to work in the land. You can work on the land, says the Mishnah. You can comb flax, or you can chisel stones. But you can't do work that is with the land. And when it comes to how much mekayma is mekayma, here also we have a machlekes tanoim, whether it is four amas, or another version is it's 40 amas, or maybe it's 50 amas, but there's a certain area that is included in this mekayma. And now continues the Mishnah, the elders of that city, they wash their hands with water, and that location, there's a river. Even according to Rashi, so what if there's no river? Water is brought there. And now they say, and that's the whole context of this din here in Mesech Saita, that these words need to be said only in Lashon HaKadosh. And now the Mishnah quotes the Lashon HaPasik, Our hands did not spill this blood. And we did not see this happen. Asks the Mishnah, Would it even enter our minds? When the Mishnah has to say, would it even enter our minds? Shine, it entered your minds, ironically. But will it even enter your minds? That the Dayanim can succumb to such a lowly act of murder. Ella, it means, and the Bach takes out the ayin, he leaves the Lamed. That this person did not come to our community, and we allowed him to go in the parentheses without giving him food. We did not see him. And we did not let him be without accompanying him, turning to Daphne Mvav, which could have been the cause of his death, as we'll learn more, God willing, on Mvav base. And now, after the Ziknei Ho'ir said their statement in Lashon HaKadosh, now we have the Kaihanim that they are going to offer words of prayer for atonement, and their words also have to be said dafke in Lashon HaKadosh, as it says in the Pasik, in Pasik Ches, Kaper La'amcha Yisrael, you should bring atonement. As the Alter Rebbe teaches, you should wipe the slate clean for your nation, for your people, the Jewish people. Asher Padisa Hashem, that you redeem the Altitain Dom Naki Bekerav Amcha Yisrael. Don't allow for innocent blood to affect or to be found amongst the Jewish people. Now the Pasik concludes with the words, that we do get atonement, says the Mishnah, those words were not said by the Kahanim. That meaning they did not say the ending of this Pasik ches, correct? The trade is letting us know that Amosai Shetasu Kacha, that whenever you follow this procedure, Hadam is Lahem, you will find atonement. Aleph, this will really up the chances of the murderer being found. 
and then the murderer is going to be punished according to halacha, and that will be the kapara. And even if you don't find the murderer, or until you find the murderer, the negative effect of on the greater community of this activity happening near and connected to their city is atoned through this procedure. Okay, the first part of Dafman Vav, before we get into the Agadita, is a Gavalika piece of Gemara. We have to, as we say, we have to halt cup. So, first of all, to begin that in the again, in Parsha Shoiftim, all the way at the end, when the Torah speaks about the Egla Rufa, it's in Pedic Chaf Aleph, and it goes all the way to the end of the Parsha. Pasik Gimel reads that Velakhu Ziknei Ho'ir Hahi. Remember these words, Egla's Bakar. Egla means a young calf. That no work was done with it. No work. And then the Pasik adds, that it didn't carry, it didn't drag, it didn't pull a yoke. Now here, what disqualifies the Egla isn't only an oil, it's also no work was done with it. But what's the definition of work by the Egla? Not by putting something on the back of the animal, but having the animal mashcha, having it pull. And then the Pasik says, etc. Now, paraduma, and this sugya is going to be comparing halachas one from the other, is similar by the fact that the cow that is perfectly red that's going to be used, it's going to be burnt and mixed with other ingredients and then those ashes will be mixed with mayim chayim and this will become the waters, the ash, the mechatos that brings purification. Dear, the Torah says by the paraduma, asher ein bamum, the paraduma cannot have a blemish, asher loy Allah aleha oil, that that cow cannot be a cow that ever had on it, not that it schlepped, loy Allah aleha oil, now let's start learning one din from the other. Says the Gemara, how can our Mishnah say that a blemish does not disqualify an Egla Rufa? A blemish should disqualify the Egla Rufa because I have a Kalva from Pada Aduma. Uma Pada. She'ein Hashanim Poislezba. There is no upper limit when it comes to the Pada Aduma. As long as it's red, it's a female cow, we're good. The title was not that... Uh, Limiting, nevertheless, mum paiselba. The pasuk explicitly says in Chukas, Asher ein bamum. So why don't we make a kalvachaymer that egla? When it comes to a calf, the word calf by definition means a calf, not a cow. One year, two years, but you have an upper limit. Question mark, why don't we make the Kalvo Chaymer? Answers the Gemara that Shani Hassam, being that in Parshas Chukas by Paraduma, the trader says the words Asher Ein Ba Mum, the word Ba, that it doesn't have a blemish. The word it is extra, the word it comes to exclude. Ba mum paisel. Only by the paraduma is a mum a problem. The a mum paisel be eglo. So ba is a exclusionary word. Challenges the Gemara. Ah, yeah? Ba excludes? Here's my question. A paraduma, again, in Chukas, the trader only spoke about the problem of the paraduma not having on it an oil, a yoke. Question is, if there was some other type of work that the para did, is it or is it not disqualified? So asks the Gemara, the din should have been that by a paraduma, nothing other than an oil should disqualify it. 
there, we should not have anything else disqualifying it. And let's just keep on reading. Alama, why did Rabbi Yehuda say in the name of Rav that even if only Hinicha Aleha, if you put on the para aduma, Uda shall saken. Uda Rashi says is a bundle of sacks or any other articles that you know create work load for the para. The din is psula. And actually, Rav says ironically that by Egla Arufa, where the Torah explicitly was more inclusive in the problem of putting stuff on the animal, by Eglarufa the Torah says the words, Asher loy mashcha ba'el. So when is the Eglarufa disqualified with any, what we will call, sharavoidois, only if it pulls it. Achetimshech. But by paraduma, since the Torah doesn't write the words, Asher loy mashcha ba'el, by paraduma the Torah says, Asher loy oila, or ola, oleha oil, anything on it. Now one second. By Paraduma, Hashem only spoke about an oil. How do we know by Paraduma, how do we know that Shara Voidus make it possible? The answer is ultimately because we have Exeda Shava, Paraduma from Egla Rufa, Shani Paradi Alfin and oil, oil me Egla. Now, before we get to the question, says the Gemara, are speaking out the question if there is an oil, oil, and therefore we learn one case from the other. Why don't we learn Egra, Nami, Tesi, Oil, Olmi, Para, that a mum should disqualify it? So what's the answer that you're giving me is? Because it says the words Ba by Para Aduma. Ba is an exclusionary word. So it asks the Gemara, Oi Bazoi, in Parshas Shoiftim, the Torah says, Asher loy ubad, Ba. The problem of Shara Vedas is only Ba. So why don't we say the same thing? And the question here is, accepted that Ba excludes Mum from the din of Eglarufa, why don't we use the words Ba to exclude the problem of Shar Avoidois by the Paraduma? Let the only problem on the, of the Paraduma be what it says explicitly in Paraduma. Asher loy mashcha oil. Only an oil should be a problem. You have Exeda Shava, so what? Ba excludes Answers the Gemara that no, Ba excludes, and you have Exeda Shava. And the Ba excludes Mum, that the din of Mum is only by Paraduma. Ah, it says the words, Asher loy ubad Ba by Egla Rufa. That Ba is coming to exclude something else. Ba lemu'ute kachim. That word is telling you, Deloy pas labuhu avaida. That if an animal is going to be consecrated, the fact that it did work is not a disqualification. Ba by Eglarufa, not by Kachim, that Ba's used. Now you have Exeda Shava, oil, oil. This is a great piece of Torah Shabalpeh. Oil, oil is to teach you that just like not only is a yoke a disqualifier for the Egla, but any type of work disqualifies the Eglarufa. Same thing is also going to be by the Paraduma. Not only is an oil a problem, but Sharavay, this is also a problem. The obvious question will be, one second, if you are learning Paraduma from Eglarufa, what's the din of Eglarufa? By Eglarufa, God says, Asher li mashcha. And as we just learned from Rav, when will the Egla be disqualified with anything? As long as it pulled that anything, but just putting it on it without it walking is not a disqualification. If we are learning Sharavaydas from Egla Rufa, how can Paraduma be even more Hummer than Paraduma? Be Hummer than Egla Rufa. Take by the oil, the Torah says in Egla Rufa, Asher Allah, Allah, oil, Allah. But that's only for the oil. You're including other things. We are from Egla by Egla Tzmashcha. We'll get to that in a moment. Now the Gemara says that 
the reason why we need to use the ba to exclude kachim, because if not for the exclusion, I would have thought that we would include the problem of avoida by kachim from where? From Eglarufa. We might have said, just like Eglarufa, even though she'ein mum poisel ba, nevertheless avoida poiselas ba. So we would make a kavuchem by kachim, she mum poiselas ba, kachim is more chamer. Vaharaya, even a blemish disqualifies an animal. So din So therefore, you need the ba. And now that the ba is already used for kachim, you can't use the ba to exclude the para aduma. Ask the Gemara one second. We don't need the ba because that kavuchaymit is not good because I can refute it. Ikla namifrach male eglam shkain shanim poislis ba. There is an upper limit by kachim. There is no upper limits, so we're more. Lenient. If we're more lenient, so then we don't need to exclude a psul of Aveda. God doesn't care that much about what the animal did. Says the Gemara, one second. Kachim don't have upper limits. They do. Not all of them. You have a carbon Pesach. You have a carbon Chatos that have upper limits. And therefore, So now everything is good. We have a Gzeda Shava. This is the Gzeder Shava from which we learn that just like by Egla Arufa, Shara Voides disqualifies it. So we learn oil, oil, para aduma, Shara Voides disqualify it. Why don't we use the Gzeder Shava the other way for Mum to disqualify the Egla? Because it says Ba by para aduma. Asher ain't Ba Mum. Egla could have a Mum. Asher, Le'ubat Ba, when it comes to work, that's Ba Volebekachim. How can you use the ba to teach you that avoida or shar avoida does not disqualify kachim? Is it learned from ba? It's not true. We learned it from another pasik. And now the Gemara quotes a braisa, and the braisa speaks about a pasik that we have in Pasha's emoid. And this is the pasik that speaks about blemishes that disqualify any animal from being used as a carbon. Says the pasik, Averes, if the animal is blind, oh, you shove it or if a bone is broken. Oy charutz, or if the eyelid is split, oy abelis, orphan has a wart, oy god of orphan has a dry skin eruption, oy alephis, orphan has a moist skin eruption, says the Pasik Sakrivu, Eile Lashem, these should not be offered as a carbon, the word Eile is not needed, says the Braisa, Eile, Iatamakrev, these are the only disqualifying blemishes. Aval Atamakrev Kachim, Shenavdu Behem Avoida. So we learn from the Eile, that Avoida does not pass al Kachim, so the Ba is extra. So why don't we say Ba? Only Shara Avoida is by Egla, but by Paraduma, oil is a problem. Anything else is not. Answers the Gemara, we still need the Ba. Why? I would have thought, when do we use the Ela to allow Shara Avoida that it does not pass al Kachim? That's only if you worked with an animal, what we will call a avoidas heter, permissible work. But if you did work that you're not allowed to do with an animal, for example, we're not allowed to work with our animals on Shabbos. We're not even allowed to rent out our animals on Shabbos, that they should not work on Shabbos. Amo, you would think that if someone did avoid it with an animal that litasru, that they can never be used as a carbon, so now we need the ba. Says the Gemara, it's still not good. Even animals that did avoidas iser, we already learned from another pasik, from another word, that they could be offered as a carbon. It says in that same parshas emoy. A few psukim later. So before we quoted the pasik, 
Pedik Chavbeis, Pasuk Chavbeis. Now we're quoting Pedik Chavbeis and Emoir and Vayikra, Pasuk Chavhei, says the Pasuk, Umiyad ben Nechor, that even if the carbon is coming from a Goy, don't think if it's coming from an Anju, no matter what the condition is, offer the animal. The Torah says, no, the rules that an animal cannot be blemished is even if it comes from an Anju. Again, Mikol Eile, these are the problems. Blemishes are a problem. And here again, the Brayse says, So you have actually two Eilas. So the question is, who needs two Eilas? Well, now we have the answer. One is to say that Avedas Hetid is not a problem. The other Eilas is to even say Avedas Isid is not a problem. But we don't need the Ba. Says the Gemara, we still need the Ba. Still Itzrach. When is, it a, when is it not a problem that these animals did work? Hetir, Isir, when they did the work before they were consecrated. But you might have thought that if Aveda was done with them after they were consecrated, which Taka should not have happened, that's Mamash Me'ila. Or if the Gizbir had the animal do work for the Beis Amigdash, but which either way, maybe you would have thought that animal can no longer be used. So now we need the Bav Olei so now that Bavalebakachim, so now we learn from the Gazeta Shava that Shadavaidais passels a putter. And now the Gemara goes back to the statement. Gufa, we learned that Rav Yehuda said in the name of Rav, Iniach, we're speaking about a paraduma. If someone put on the paraduma any type of load, even a uda, a bundle of sacks, not the oil, a bundle of sacks, says Rav Sula. And you know when it's fossil, even if the animal didn't pull it, if it was just on the back. However, Zeraf says, you know when the Egla becomes disqualified if it worked, if it schlepped it, if it pulled it, if it moved it. So now comes the obvious question. Again, logically, if you're learning Sharavoidais from Egla, how can it be more Hummer than Egla? Says the Gemara Meisvei, asks the Gemara from Abraisa, oil. The word oil isn't again in Parshas Chukas by Paraduma. In yellow oil, this Braisa is going to corroborate the Din of Rav. Okay, the Torah says that the Paraduma cannot schlep a yoke. Shara is minayin, that it disqualifies the Paraduma. Says the Braisa that you can say it's puzzle from a Kalvuchaymer. What will be the Kalvuchaymer? Egla that's less restrictive. We don't care if it has a blemish. Still, nevertheless, Sharavaidis Psulais, but any other work will disqualify it. So, Pada, Shemum Paisalba, then for sure that Sharavaidis Psulamba. So, you have a Kalvuchaymer. Counters the Braisa, the Im Nafshuchaymer. But if you're going to say that this is not a good Kalvuchaymer, we'll see soon why. So I'll tell you a better reason. I have a Shava that you can't refute. Nemar Khan, at least a Shava Mufna, you can't refute. Nemar Khan oil, it says in Paraduma the word oil. It says Lahalon by Egla Arufa oil. So now we say what we had before in the Gemara, that Ma Lahalon by Egla Arufa. The Torah says clearly, Asher Loi Ubadba, anywhere. Shadavoy is priceless, Ba. Afkan by Paraduma, Shadavoy is priceless. Any other work disqualifies. Now, before we come to the question against Rav, the Gemara wants to explain the Braisa. Why wouldn't the Kalvachemir be good enough? The Braisa just said, and if you're going to insist, why would you insist? Umayim Nafshachemir explains the Gemara. The Chitema, you can refute the Kalvachemir by saying, You know why Egla might be more restrictive? It bothers us, Sharavoidus will passel it, because we see that Hashem is Machmer, because there's an upper limit in the age. Shekein Shonim Pais Lizba. By Para Aduma, there is no upper limit. 
or inami, or even if you're not going to use that rebuttal, I have another logic, which is that kachim yechichu, we see that by kachim, even though a blemish disqualifies kachim, by the way, like it does by paraduma, but avoda doesn't passel kachim. So how do you know avoda, shara avoda passels the paraduma? So that's why the Braisen needed to bring the Xerah Shogel. Nemar kan oil, venemar lahalon oil. And we say, ma'al lahalon sharavoydois, afkan sharavoydois. So now, asks the Gemara, you are learning the din of sharavoydois from Egla Rufa, umimakim shebasa. Why don't we say that from the very same place, when you learn B from A, B cannot be more strict than A? The question is, ma'al lahalon by Egla Rufa, the Torah says clearly, asher loy mashcha. Like the Braisa says, like Raf says, So why don't we say by Paraduma, when is it disqualified? With any load, at least it should only be only after it pulled it. Answers the Gemara, no, you have it wrong. Meaning that until now we learned that Shara Voidois is disqualified by Paraduma, we learned it from Eglo. So now you have a good question. It can't be more Hammer than Eglo. Says the Gemara, there's a machlekes tanoim. From where do we know that Shara Vaidois is puzzled by Paraduma? The, there is a Tana, and Rav will go according to that Tana, that you know Shara Vaidois is puzzled from the parsha of Paraduma itself. Ah, if it's learned from the parsha of Paraduma itself, and by Paraduma Hashem didn't say the word of Mashcha. Hashem says, Asher Loi Allah. So anything that goes on it, will take a as we learned before. However, and that will be the opinion of Rav. How do we learn it from the parsha of Parah? The Tanya. It says in the parsha of Paraduma and parsha Chukas, oil, oil, Here's a Gavaldic explanation of Talmud As Rashi explains. Had Hashem meant that the only disqualifier is a yoke, then the order of the Pasuk would have been, as we learned not that long ago, you know, the first word, the first scenario was the dominant. First letter in your name is the dominant letter. The Torah should have said, Asher loy Allah, oil Allah. Hashem should have mentioned the word oil first. The problem is the oil. It doesn't say, Asher loy Allah, oil Allah. It says, Asher loy Allah, Allah. That means anything that's on it disqualifies it. If it's anything, asks the ask the Braiso, so then why did Hashem say oil? It just should have said, nothing can go on it. So answers the Gemara, oil, there is a difference. A yoke will passel the animal, and we will interpret the the way Rashi interprets. What was the intent of the person who put whatever it was on the back of the parah? Now, sometimes I'm putting it on the animal because I want the animal to work with it. But there are times that it's not about the animal working. I don't have kayak to hold this bag. I want to relieve the load from myself. There is no intent. You know, if there wouldn't have been an animal, if there would have been a beam, I would have put it on the beam. I don't even want him to go from A to B. It's not about... Amazing. So buy a yoke, even if your kavana was just, you are tired of carrying it, and this red cow just happened to be there. That's where the Torah says that already puzzles it. By Shara Vaidas, it's only going to become puzzle if you put it on the animal with the kavana, you want the animal to take it, but even before it took it, you don't need him to actually pull it. Shara Vaidas, same poisonous, only Shasa Vaida, meaning with kavana for him to do the work. Gavaldik. Now the Gemara is... 
the kavan of what was your in mind, what did you have in mind when you put it on the animal's back? End of Bryce. And, the, and Rav goes according to this Bryce. So we're good. But now the Gemara wants to understand, just understanding the Bryce, we have the system, and the rule of is that when the Torah says something in a general way, and then the Torah specifies, then we only follow the specification. Why don't we say, you're right, the words Allah without oil is a general statement. That's a klal. But then Hashem said the word oil. So why don't we say, and Sharavedis should not disqualify the Paraduma if you don't have the Gzeir Shava. You should not be able to learn it. Oil in, midachin, aloi, question mark. Answers the Gemara. This is important that when the Pasik adds the words asher, asher ribuyahu. So there's an extra word. Interestingly, the word asher, is, it's not klal prato klal, because asher is not written after the words oil. Fakir, it says asher oil. But which, the word asher is used to be more than the oil, and here it's shar avoides. Vitanya nami. And we have this concept of using the word asher, which, as to not allow the klal to kick in, where do we find that by Eglo? It says oil, right? And we're going back to the parsha of Egla Rufa. Asher lo ubad ba, asher lo mashcha ba oil. Right? Oil, only yellow oil. Shana voides minayin. Here it's clear. The Torah says by Egla Rufa clearly. Asher lo ubad ba. No work was done with it. Tamol lemer asher lo ubad ba. Mikomake. So imkain. Why did Hashem say oil? So here also we have. Oil by the Eglarufa will passel the animal, whether you put it on the animal for the animal to work. But all other types of work, only if you put it on the back of the animal in order for the animal to schlep it. Not for you to be relieved from a heavy load. And here the question is, why don't we say, No work can be done with it. But now that Hashem says afterwards, Asher loy mashcha ba oil, klalu prat, oil prat. Why don't we say klalu prat, ein bechal ala mashcha be prat? Why don't we say oil in, but any other avayda should not passel even the egla rufa? Here also we have to come to this concept that the Torah says the words asher. Also, the word asher is written in the beginning. Asher loy ubad ba. So it's not the order of klal prat or klal, but the extra word asher has the power to take this out of the rule of klalu prat. And we include, we continue to include other avoiders. Says the Gemara Amar I asked Rabbi Yechanan, when we speak about, we're going here back to the law of Eglarufa, the subject of our Pedic, that no oil can be put on the back of a Eglo, and if he slept it, no good. Yeah? Meshichas oil bekama. How much pulling does he have to do? It's not like the Paraduma, you put it on him. He needs to drag it. How much? Amalei responded Rabbi Yechanan to Rabbi Bohu, Kimalai oil. It's like the length of an oil. One of those answers, yeah, you're stuck with the question. So so now we still ask, did Rabbi Yechanan mean to the length of the yoke? Or did he mean the width means the thickness of the yoke? The, yoke, the, the length really goes on the width. The yoke goes on the, behind the neck of the animal. But the thickness is much less than its length. So Amar Luhu Ahomid Rabbanon, and Rabbi Yaakov is his name, that I myself asked that to Rabbi Yechanan. That L'didima Fashi Liminei Rabbi Yechanan himself told me, Meshich Has Oil Rachboi, and then Rabbi Yechanan said, Tefach. Obviously, 
Tefach is the thickness. Tefach is never the length of the yoke. So asks the Gemara, why did Rabbi Yechanan previously just say the words, or even to this Talmud, add L'Rachboi, just say Tefach. Hakamash Mulan, Rabbi Yechanan wanted to teach you that the standard width of a yoke has to be a Tefach, and Lamaynaf Gemina, Lamekach Umemkar. If I made up a deal with you, I'm buying or selling a yoke, and we did not specify its size, if the Kenyan was made, but what you provided to me doesn't even meet the minimum standard of that item, then there was no seal. I didn't get what I bought. Continues the Gemara. Now we're learning about Nachal Eisen. Rashi Rambam. We're learning according to Rashi. Nachal Eisen means a hard valley. Why did the Torah say, Hevi Eglobenachal? Bring a calf in the valley. May a calf, especially according to Rabbi Eliezer, the calf has to be under one year. Under one years old. In other words, it's a calf that was still unable, biologically, to give children. So may something that did not yet produce fruits, may it be decapitated in a place, on a hard piece of land, that no longer will make fruits, and that's going to bring a kapara. It's going to atone for the fact that someone was not allowed to give off more fruits. Now, what, a, what type of fruits was this person unable to make? Asks the Gemara. Mike Petus. This person was stopped from making fruits? Do you mean what it normally means? That now that he was killed, he can no longer have children? Do you only do the procedure of Egla Rufa when the murdered person was a man of age of having children? And what happens if the person was old? And anyways, he was physically unable to have children. Or what happens if he was born? Or he became a sadist if he's unable for other reasons to have children? So, hachinami afinan. So, explains the Gemara, the meaning of Petus is mitzvahs. Vaita. In other words, even if the person that was killed was a trefa, as they point out, a trefa who's killed, the murderer, won't get capital punishment. But the ceremony has to be done. Because this person can no longer do mitzvahs. So, for that, that, need, that needs a atonement. And then the Mishnah continues, says the Mishnah, How do you know that the word Eisen means hard? Turning to Dafmin Vavim and Beis, and now we're quoting a Pasek in Parshas Balak, when Bilam, after he unsuccessfully, after he was unsuccessful in cursing the Jewish people, he gave his terrible advice to Balak, and he foresaw the future, and Vayara Sakeni, he saw the descendants of Keni, whose Keni, Keni is, is Yisrael. And Vayisa Meshalavayoimar, and now the Gemara quotes the Pasik Eison, Moishavecha, that strong, strong is your dwellings, Visim Baselakinachom, and set in rock is your nest. So that's one source that Eison means strong. And now we quote another Pasik in Micha, Shimuharim Esriv Hashem. Listen, O mountains, to the rift, to the controversy of Hashem, for Ho'eisonim, and the strong ones or the mighty ones should listen, who are the Moisdei Eretz, who are the foundations of the land. So here we juxtapose Harim and Eisonim, just like mountains are rocky or hard, the Eisonim, the word Eison also refers to hard. Achedim Oimrim. Says that it has to be ancient. It's a land, according to some Tanoim, as we'll see in a moment, that was never used before. Because it says, Goy, Eisen, who? 
This is regarding the Jewish people that we are an ancient nation. We come all the way from the beginning of the world. So here we see that the word Eson doesn't mean hard or it means hard because it's ancient. It has a foundation. Continues the Gemara. Yeah, the same place that's used again and again as the place they did the Eglah Rufo? No. No. Yes, yes. It's 440 or 50. You kill it by decapitating it with a cleaver from its neck, from the back of its neck. My Tama, how do you know that you... The word Arufa means from the back of his neck. Says the Gemara, Gomar Arifa, Arifa, Mechato Soif. By the unique way that a bird carbon was slaughtered, we actually, we don't call it Shechita, we call it Melikam, was that the Kayan did, he pierced his thumbnail, Mimul Arpai, so the root of Arufa and Arpai all mean the same, and that is from the back of the head. You can no longer work, plant or work in the ground, with the ground. So Tanarabanan, here there's a Machlekes Tanoim. Perhaps connected to the Machlekes we had before as the meaning of Eisen. Is it ancient or is it hard? Tanarabanan, Asher lo yei boy. So Rabbi Yoishia, this is a digduk piece of Gemara. Lo lo means in the past. It has to be in a land that was never worked with, that was never planted with. Rabbi Yoinan says no. Rabbi Yoinan says that these words only mean that from now on you can no longer work with the land. And Rava explains or Rava argues. And that's really the machlek is, is it Rava Omar or is it Omar Rava? As a rule, Rava Omar the name first, Amar, is normally an argument. Amar Rava is either something new, but which, so there's different ways of learning this Gemara. So Rava says like this, that from now on, after this ceremony was done, that you cannot work the land, everyone agrees that you cannot, because it says, which means future tense. The argument is on whether it could be done in a place that was worked in the past. Rabbi Yishia says, would have meant it shall not be worked in the future. The fact that the trader says, it means the past. Says Rabbi Yishia, if Hashem would have meant past, there's a better way of wording it in Lashon Kodesh, and that would be Ne'evad. And if Hashem doesn't use the words nevad, which clearly means past, so yei aved doesn't refer to the past. The Rabbi Yoshia, he says that asher, the word asher, the extra word asher, lishavar mashma, that asher or asher transforms the loy yei aved as if it says loy. The word Asher is the word Asher comes to include, as we learned in Ahmed Aleph, it's not only planting, but any type of work in the future cannot be done. But says the Mishnah in clarifying, you know what, the work, all work cannot be done. You can comb flax there. You're allowed to chisel stones there. Because you're not working with the ground. The trader specifies planting. How do you know are prohibited to be done in that place? So here we have asks the Gemara is an inclusionary word. But why did Hashem say to tell you? It's planting in the ground. All other works, 
that are taka prohibited are only works that are done with the ground itself. You're using the ground itself for your work, not you're using the place of the ground. Why don't we say taka the words lo ye ave? There's a general statement. But since the trader says later, why does this not fall into the category of prat? And the rule is when you have a klal and then a prat, and why don't we say zriya in? And me, the achrini, should not be prohibited, even with the ground, in the ground. Here we have what we learned before from Rabbi Yenusa and the word asher, asher lo ye aved. It's not in the sequence of klal, prato klal, but the word asher is used to take out this pasik from the rule of klal uprat. It's not a klal uprat. Hashem takament, asher lo ye aved, no aved, it can be done there. Zikne ho'ir. So we, we spoke about that there's Tanoim. There's two versions in Shitas Chachamim, if I'm not mistaken, either four Amas or forty Amas, and then Rebbe holds fifty Amas. Right. That they wash their hands on that side. Now recording from Parshas Eglaruf again, Pedik, Chaf Aleph and Shoiftan, Pasik Vav, Pasik Six. It says, And all the elders of that city, that are near, the city that's near to this wounded, to this murdered. With a knife person, they washed their hands. On this decapitated calf. Why did the Torah have to say the words Arufa? The word Arufa is written various times. We know it's the Arufa. It means Al Eglo. In other words, the washing of the hands has to be done in the place where the calf was decapitated. And what do they say in Lashon Kaidish? We did not spill this blood. We did not see him. And again, the Braisa asks what we spoke out in the Mishnah. Oh, the Chi Ali Beinu also would it ever go up in our hearts? She Beizdin Shevchem Damim. That Beizdin was the one that did the murder. You know, when you have to shout that you are innocent, that's already some admission to guilt. Says the Mishnah, says the Braisim, no. There is a different type of guilt to which they have to say that we're not guilty of. Not the, God forbid, the actual explicit murder. This person didn't come to us. And we were pottered him, we let him go without giving him food. So he went to look for food. And maybe he attacked someone to get food. And that person reacted and which caused his death. We did not see him leave and we did not accompany him as we'll learn now that when we accompany someone amazingly even if we do Levaya in the city only for Amis it empowers them spiritually and it gives them protection. So we did not offer them that protection. Maybe that's why they got hurt. So indirectly, of course, we didn't murder, but we could have given that person some Shemitah which we did not and they have to say that that was not the case. Now the question is if that was the case. We'll leave that for later. Now, Tanya, we learned in Abraisa, Ho Yeramir always says that from here you see that you obligate people to accompany others who are leaving their homes. And how do you how do you know When they say So let me ask you a question. Baisdin, the members of Baisdin, if they would have seen, you think they themselves would have been able to do Lavaya to everyone? So is Araya that if they did see, maybe they would be unable to do the Levaya. But they have the responsibility to inspire the others to do it. They didn't do that inspiration because they didn't see. 
And how do they force? Let's learn the Gemara this way. They force the way we should force, Bedar Kenoim or Bedar Kesholim, through inspiring. And one way of inspiring is to know and to educate others, Sheschar Halavaya, that this merit that we have for a company, to accompany someone that's leaving our home is a schar that has no limit. It's the greatest mitzvah. And where do we find this from? Shenemar, this is an amazing story that we have in Shoftim, that the tribes of Ephraim and Menashe, while they were trying to conquer the city, the holy city of Beisel, and they were unable, they didn't even know the, the entrance to the city was a hidden entrance, and to enter, to fight, they needed to enter. And they, they, they didn't have that information, so it says, they, so they set up watchers. And they were watching who would leave to ask someone who left, how do, where's the entrance? And they talk us to a man, they saw Knani, they saw a local resident leaving the city. And they asked him, they told him, show to us where the entrance is. And if you'll do that, we'll do kindness with you. And it says that he showed it to them. Interestingly, who was the one doing the Levoya? In other words, that Knani, by showing them how to go, that is the mitzvah, that's part of the Levoya. So he accompanied these soldiers, these shaymanim, not by walking, by showing where the entrance is. And you know what kindness happened to him? And here we're learning something amazing. Ephraim and Menashe entered Beisail and killed all the residents as the Torah commanded them. But that man and his entire family, Shilchu, they sent off. And they didn't just send them off. Continues the Gemarim. That this man went, and he went to a place in the lands of the Chitim. And what did he do there? And he built a city, Luz. And he called that city Luz. And he, Shoma'at Hayoyim Hazer. Says Rashi, look on the right side of Rashi in the last line, that Ad Hayoyim Hazes, That Luz is a city that is always. And you know what Luz is? Luz is a city that no one who lives there dies. And even the angel of death, we learned that story in Sukkah with Shleim HaMelech, even the angel of death cannot enter the city of Luz. Remember when Rabbi Yosef Lush, my great teacher of, uh, of the dinim of Kiddush HaChaydish, of the Rambam, of the Yiddish astronomy, when he came here the first time, he came here, there was maybe a hundred people, a hundred men, there was a, a, a nice minyan on Shabbos, and Baruch Hashem, not a single person was saying Kaddish. No, no chiyuvim. So he says, is this lose? Would you Baruch Hashem? And Tanya, we learned that he lose, that loses a city, should save him about chelos, that they used to die the chelos. In other words, not only did they live forever, but they had good parnasa. Hayyim yoyim. We should live, but not pay So, you know, you have to live. Beruchnis is the main thing we should have. We should remain with our faculties, but it doesn't hurt if we have a good parnasa, so we're living a good life forever. And that's the city of Luz, that when Sanchev made a bilbul in the land of Israel, he did not succeed in taking people out of Luz. No one can enter there if you don't belong there. Nebuchadnezzar was unable to destroy it. Even the Malach has no permission to go into it. Now, we acknowledge that certain people get tired of living. So says the, the statement, says the Gemara. Rab Meir says, The elder people in the city, whenever they get fed up with living, so they have to leave the boundaries of the city for the Malach to be able to kill them. So look at the schar that this person got. 
that he went to Luz. He founded Luz. For what? For Levaya. Says the Gemara. You know how he accompanied the Ephraim of Menashe? Not even He didn't even verbalize where the entrance is. And he didn't even walk with them. Nevertheless, he and his children forever are saved. Literally, they live forever. If we will accompany a guest walking with them, talking to them, Allah has come of a comma that we will be rewarded. Now, asks the Gemara if he didn't walk with them or talk with them, is Bama Herolahem, how did he show him where the entrance is? So Chizkiah says, he twisted his mouth, he made up a sign, a mouth signal, says, that he pointed the direction, and Tanya like Rabbi Yechanan, that Bishvil Kanani Zeh, head of its boy, because this Kanani simply pointed with his finger, Garam Hatzol Eloi Lozari Hatzayv Kaladoyres. And again, as we'll learn in Mirza Shem tomorrow, the next year, that you can ask, what does Levaya do? You're protecting him. What, because I walked with you, you're protected? Yes, that's the power of Levaya. It gives that person a Ruch Nizdikashmir. It protects the person. I remember when, when we used to go out on and Talucha, at the, at, the, at the end of every Yantiv, when the Rebbe wanted us to walk out to all the shuls that is walkable to, whether it's two hours or three hours, the Rebbe used to stand in front of 770. The Rebbe's mouth was always moving. The Rebbe was always in a very uh, holy place. I remember his hands were in his gartel. Either he was davening or saying, Bishnai is Balpeh. But that was Levayim. And you should know we were protected because we used to walk through very dangerous neighborhoods. And many times in our groups, bricks were thrown at us. That no one got hurt. Mamish, that's the power of Levoya. That when, when anyone, Avada with Tzaddik, that if A is going to accompany B, B is protected. And if they don't do it, so then they have to say, you know, it's, it, they are somehow indirectly, God forbid, responsible, Emir Hashem, to be continued.